Right, good afternoon. Nice to see you all. Are you all well? Yeah, good. Hallelujah. So um, today I'm going to do something a little bit different. <laughs> so my son laughs nervously. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to start with a, uh, a prophetic word that the Lord gave me in a week. It's an encouraging one. Don't worry. And um, yeah, it's all doom and gloom. Um, and this, this, and so on. I'm going to start with this, this word, and then I'm going to um, sort of expound on it with all the scriptures, etc. Incidentally, there's um, this word will be down here as well. And as I've written out the word, there's loads of scriptures all linked throughout it as well. So you can look at this and go, "What's this guy on about?" And you can look at all the scriptures in the Bible and see that actually it's pretty biblical, mostly. And uh, so uh, yeah, so it starts off with this scripture, Isaiah 12:2, which says, "See." God is my salvation. I am confident and unafraid for Yah, Adonai, is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. And this is the, the word. I am your salvation. I am your exceedingly great reward. I am God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I am love and I love you with an everlasting love, a wonderful love which transcends all bounds of understanding. If only my people knew how much I loved them, if only they grasped it, for perfect love casts out all fear. And knowing how much I love my people would set many free from their imperfections and fears. Imperfections being aspects of the soul which are broken or damaged. I want my people to be confident in me, for I am a God who will never fail or forsake you. I never let my people down, even though many think I do. My people often perish through lack of knowledge and understanding, and some give up hope in me, some even turn away from me. My heart is always for my people, always has and always will be. I do not act and think as a man thinks. My ways are higher, vast and eternal. I see and set the beginning from the end. I know that, dis I know that disappointments and heartaches often come to my people, but I am with you in the midst of your sadness. I feel your pain also. Some things don't add up and make sense this side of eternity, yet across the veil all is clear. And this is why you need to trust me. You need to be confident and unafraid, my people, for I am trustworthy. I am your strength. I am your song. I am your salvation. I want to encourage and comfort my people. I want my people to be blessed in knowing that I am always with them and that I am always trustworthy. I am your song. I am your poetry. I am your dance and joy. And as you grow in trust towards me, I will give you new songs to sing new poems to write, new pictures to draw. I want to express myself through you in beautiful and creative ways, my people. Some of you have become monochrome and dull in your walk with me. I do not wish you to see me as dull or jaded. I am creator God. I set the colors in the rainbow. I put the beauty into the stars. I give the birds their morning and evening songs. I am a God of color and your faith should reflect that. Learn to dance again, my people. Learn to see the world in all its glorious color. Rejoice in me always, and again I say rejoice. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. I have poured out my spirit of joy within you. I have filled you with the oil of gladness. Be creative in your worship, in your prayers, and in your faith. Be full of joy, color. Please don't be sad and gray. Lift up your countenance upon me, for my countenance is shining down upon you. See your life through my eyes of love towards you and not in the dullness of your own. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all things trust me, for I am your strength, 
your song and your salvation. Amen. And so, so, so there's, there's some things in there that I, I felt like I, I should kind of just bring out a little bit. Um, and the bit that I want to kind of focus on today where it says, some of you have become monochrome and dull in your walk with me. Amen. So I, I was thinking yesterday and this thought came to me and it was, if you're bored with your quiet time, so is God. Right? Because if, if you're having a quiet time and it's just like, man, man, this is just, oh man, I just, I just can't be doing this today. If that's how you're feeling, uh, even though you want to go into your prayer room with excitement, even though you want to go into the prayer room with joy, but sometimes it's like, oh Jesus, I don't want to do this today. This is like so boring. I'm just going through the motions. If you're in that place, it's not a good place to be. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do today is quite a practical talk, actually, on how to spice up your prayer life, amen? And, uh, and just enjoy your prayer life. But to enjoy your prayer life is not dependent on a formula or, or a default way of doing things, but actually it comes down to how God has created you as an individual. So your prayer time can be as creative and as individual as you all are, amen? And as special as some of you are. Just let that one ripple out to the... <laughs> so, the nerve of him. Okay, so, so dull and boring. So when, when we first get saved, and I've said this many times, you know, you, you, get, you get born again and they say, well, you've got three things to do. You need to join a local church and uh, you need to read your Bible and you need to pray. And of course, no one really tells you, you know, how to cope with the culture of church. It is a culture shock, let's be honest. And no one really teaches you how to read your Bible properly. And no one really ever tells you how to pray. And so you just kind of look around at what everyone else is doing. And you think, well, that must be prayer and I'm going to do that. So, so most of us in our quiet times and our prayer times, um, forgive me for adjusting my glasses, but you're either blurry or too clear. So I'm just like trying to get it right here. So most of the time in our quiet times, we default to what we know that everybody else does, right? Not everyone here, because I know you've got some creative people in, in, in the congregation, so you just do what you do. But actually, I think God is trying to say to us today, guys, it's time to stir it up a little bit. Time to get creative in your prayer time, so that if you're having a good time in your prayer time, then Jesus is having a good time with you, amen? Because if you're not enjoying it, Jesus isn't enjoying it either. So, can we put this uh, thing on the, on, the, uh, on the screen, please? Now, this, this is basically um, what we are there's this thing called VARC VARC and it's uh, visual auditory read write and kinesthetic so the, this is how people learn okay so some people are visual you know like me comic books stuff like that you know ooh, pictures so they'll like that there's other people that are auditory they, they just love listening to stuff they, you know, they can learn quite well from that there's other people that prefer to just read and to write and that's how they process stuff and then there's uh, kinesthetic, which is like hands-on, you know, just like let, let me, let me, give me a hammer or something, give me something to smash or give, give us a plant to pick or something, yeah. So that, there are the four kind of ways that it comes to learning. And you might think, well, what's this got to do with prayer? Actually, it's got everything to do with prayer, because if that's how people are wired when it comes to education and how you as an individual learn, then surely you should take those fundamentals into the prayer room as well, right? So if you're an intellectual person, you don't want to be doing crazy, like creative stuff in your quiet time because it just won't connect with you. It's not your thing. And likewise, if you are a creative person, and you're doing things that are quite highbrow. You're not really going to connect to it in a, in, a, in a way that's going to be engaging for you. 
So, so I thought today we'd look at some various things. Now, who are, who are sort of hands-on type people? Like to, yeah, okay, that's good. All right, so that's good. Uh, who are more kind of read-write read, sort of people? Yeah, that's good. Audio type people? Yeah, see? And then, and then visual. Okay, right. So you'll probably find that most people are like two of those four. Um, but, but it's interesting, isn't it? Everyone in this room was at least one of those four. And so it's like with education, it's not one size fits all deal. And when it comes to the things of prayer and your, and your, and your, your revelation and your walk with God, it's not the same either. There's different ways that you can approach God. Now, listen. God is a creative God. He's the guy that, you know, uh, flung stars into the sky and, and made the rainbow and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, our God is a creative God. He's a creatorial God. And you and I are made in the image of God. Therefore, you are to reflect his creative nature. Amen. Amen? So if you as Christians are not being very creative <laughs> in your, in your pr prayer times, etc. That's not so great. That's when we start to become dull and monochrome. And, and to be honest with you, when we get to that place, we don't, just don't want to pray because you just don't want to because it's boring, right? But, but prayer should be exciting. And when I wake up in the morning, after I've initially got over the fact that I'm awake, then I like say, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm like, yes, I can't wait to get down to the prayer room because... Because I love what happens in my prayer room. Because, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff happens. So I'm going to tell you what... what so I don't do this anymore because I haven't really got time for it anymore. But, and this is not a plug, by the way. But this is just a... a it's not. It's not. This is just a, an example. So I've got all these little uh, 90s synthesizers in my studio. And uh, for a time, uh, I was kind of using them in my prayer time. Okay? And... Uh, and, and, and as I was praying, I'd just like play these machines. And then some of these melodies would come to me and I'd put the little melodies in these little boxes and stuff. And then these words would come to me. And so I was crafting prayers. Prayers would come out. And I would write down those prayers and then they would become words of songs and they would become prophecies in their own right. And then I basically recorded all these things and they, they became this kind of weird, crazy, far out album uh, called New Jerusalem Rising. If anyone would like a free copy, you can free, you can, you, it's for free. I'm not, I'm not paying for it. Man, you can't even give them away for free. If you would like one, please take one. But if you have the spirit of wisdom within you, you'll probably avoid it like the plague. So, yeah, just take it if you want. But that, that for me was really a fun time because it was just using my creative side. So as, as a, having been a musician, it, for me, it was a wonderful transition to like be able to use music in prayer. A lot of people don't realize that when you're worshiping, it is actually prayer. But we put it in the worship box and we don't think it is prayer. So if you've done like a, a, our house of prayer, if it just so happens that one night we've done more worship than we've done prayer, we like walk away feeling really bad. Oh, we didn't pray much tonight. It's like, don't be stupid. You have prayed. You've been worshipping and declaring things about God. You've just put some music to it. Amen. And then to be fair as well, when we have our antiphonal singers, um, so, so they will hear a prayer and then they will basically sing it back and stuff. It's still prayer. We're just, we're just putting words and uh, singing to it and stuff. So try, you know, that's one thing. Be creative. So what I want to come to now is the ministry of psalmistry. So the most used book in your Bible, any, any guesses? That's kind of the title there, Game of Psalms. I know you're a smart crowd. The book of Psalms is the most used book in the Bible. It's used every day by the Jewish people. It's used every day by the Christians, not just as in daily readings, but actually in praying it and in singing it. It is a liturgical prayer book. 
that's been used for thousands and thousands of years. And it's still just as fresh today as the days when they wrote it. But what is essential about that book of Psalms is this. These are not songs or psalms that were just written down because someone had a worship contract and they had to bang out 12 songs a year and an album, etc. These songs were born out of someone's either deep sorrow, deep anguish, deep anger, even at God. You know, God, why is it that the Gentiles succeed and prosper while your people get eaten up like bread? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, some, some of the songs are just born out of joy and rejoicing and, and just they're born out of something special, something that happened in, in, within those individuals. And they took those, those, those emotions and they wrote them down. Okay, and I want to encourage everyone to try this at home. I want you to this week get out a little pen and paper. Okay, and actually, if there's something that you're struggling with, something you just want to praise God for, something that you just really want to tell God, actually write it down. Okay, I know you'll say it to Him anyway, but just write it down. And once you've written it down, you can look at that and go, okay, yeah, I can tweak that, make it all nice and flowery and whatever, so it's all nice and tidy, so it you know becomes something. And then that's a written down crafted prayer that you can use at any time now some people might go oh but isn't that are we not getting into the realms of vain repetition now chris if i'm saying the same prayer every day now is that not vain repetition well of course not because everybody in this room you've been some of you have been praying for things for a long time right if i took down what you said and what you've been praying say like for 20 years been praying for a family member or something and i was to boil down to the basic components you have technically been praying the same prayer for 20 years Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Vain repetition is when you're saying things, but you're not engaged with it. Yeah. So, as I said in an early service today, in Revelation, sorry, not yet. In Revelation, you've got the seraphim, cherubim, they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Then we have in Isaiah 6, when Isaiah gets the vision of heaven and the robe fills the temple and stuff, he then hears the angels crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In other words, these, these angelic beings have been doing this for thousands of years. So if anyone should be guilty of vain repetition, right, should be those guys. But they're not, okay, because every time they say it, they mean it. And so when you have written down, crafted prayers, you can then start using these. And, and then in time, you have your own little prayer book of prayers. And then in time, you can look back on those prayers and say, God answered that prayer, you know. And also, there has to be a place where if you are really angry with God... Okay, there has to be a place where you can vocalize that. I mean, you read the Psalms. The Psalms deal with difficult emotions. And sometimes I think as Christians, we're all a bit, a bit too afraid. You know, we've got to be honest with God. Now, I don't, when I say you're angry at God, I, I don't recommend you go around and swear and shout and scream your head off at him. But I do, I do think you have to be honest emotionally. And it's good to write it out. You know, God, why is it that I've been doing this for so many years and nothing seems to happen and no breakthrough seems to come? Just write it down and, and, and make it into something creative and turn it into a song. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, just turn it and back, back to God. Just use it as something creative. And then if you're, again, if you're a creative type person, once you've finished your prayer, do lots of like pretty artwork and stuff around it, like the Celts used to do in the Book of Kells with the Bible. You know, they used to do all these lovely ornate pictures and stuff around it. Again, this is not wasting time. This is you being in the presence of the Lord, thinking, meditating, dwelling on what God is saying to you and what you're trying to say to him. And you are using your creative side, if you have one, 
to, to do stuff in your, create, in your prayer time as well. Because not everybody's creative, right? Let's be honest. I look at some people's creative efforts and I'm like, mm, must do harder. Um, and some people are very gifted at it. And some people are not gifted at it, gifted at it, but they love doing it anyway. And if you are gifted, not gifted, but if you do feel a propensity to do something creative, don't feel bad about it. I was sharing with a Zoom group this week um, about this kind of type of prayer. And I had, a, I had a few, several people say to me, you know, what you've said to me has really freed me up because I, I do a lot of just singing to God and writing songs and prayers to him. And I always come out of the prayer room feeling kind of bad that I enjoyed myself. And said, now what you've said is, is really released me that I can be creative and I can do crazy stuff with God. Amen. Don't just default to the, to the boring old uh, dear Lord Jesus, meek and mild, you know, and what you think prayer should be. I mean, don't get me wrong. Prayer can be as, as, as gentle, can be, can be very normal. And sometimes it can be absolutely crazy, demonstrative. Amen. Other things to just try and mix up your prayer life a little bit. Okay. Um, I haven't got one with me here, but I use, I actually use liturgy in my prayer. I'm a crazy charismatic, okay? You can call me a hyper charismatic because I do all the prophetic stuff, but I love using liturgy. Now, why would I do that? Because someone else has taken the time. It's like some of the old great hymns. It's got great language. It's got great theology. And as you're reading those prayers, it gives you a language which to learn to speak to God with, with as well. You can be as simple as you like or as detailed as you like. And so liturgy for me is given me a gravitas to my Christian faith that I didn't have before. And I know that when I'm using liturgy, I'm praying with other Christians around the world the same prayers. And that excites me as well. I'm not on my own, just praying my own prayers in my little room. I'm now praying, I'm on my own, but I'm now praying prayers with the, with the host of saints around the world. That excites me, glory be to God. Um, other things to do, um, you can do things like creative journaling. Has anyone got like a, one of those kind of colouring in Bibles, as I call them? No one's going to admit it. Yeah, there's one. They're very brave. There's probably 10 other people here as well, but they're not going to admit it. And I bet they're all guys as well. Okay, so these are like, these are like nice little journaling Bibles. Um, my wife does quite a lot of that stuff. Again, it's good because what you do is you, you're reflecting and meditating on a passage of scripture, but whilst you're doing that, you're doing your drawing and you're doing your art and things. It's allowing you to be creative. And don't feel bad about it. Do it because that's what you are. You are a creative individual. And if God has gifted you in some way, then bring it out in your prayer time. Yeah, Just rejoice in it. And here's the wonderful thing. In time, you will have a a catalogue, so to speak, of, of this journey that you've had with God. If you're an artistic type person, this lovely back uh, sort of portfolio of things that you've, you've prayed with God over the years and stuff. And those things become treasures. I mean, you know, this might not be everyone's cup of tea, but that to me is a treasure of, of things that God gave me and the prayers and the tunes that he gave me at that time. And that's, that's, that's like a piece of my life. You know, that's 2019 which was done. That was all of 2019. That's a piece of my prayer life that I'll never forget. Yeah? And it's a piece of my prayer life that I'm prophetically beginning to see come to pass in this nation as well. So it's exciting for me. Another thing you can do in your prayer life is uh, Lectio Divina. I'm actually going to explain how to do that in just a sec. But I went to Bible college. Uh, I studied with London Bible College, studied Old Testament theology and Greek and Hebrew. And then I went off and did New Testament theology with a church in Southampton. And that was good. And theology is good. But what it does is it goes into your head. And the Bible says knowledge puffs up. And so my head got bigger and bigger and 
bigger, bigger, like giant balloon head with these little eyes on it, just walking around. And, it, and, and as I left Bible college, I would say to people, how long does it take for all this knowledge to get out of my head and go into my heart? And oh, everyone gave me that false promise. Oh, it will happen, brother, in time. It will happen in time. But do you know how long it's taken? I'm still here, I don't know, 40 years, 30 years later, and it still hasn't come from there down to there. So theological knowledge is knowledge. It is not spiritual knowledge, therefore it never goes to the heart. Okay, That's a real sad uh, revelation, but it's just fact. If you want to fill, pump your head with theology, which is a good thing because it gives you a construct of your own faith, but it won't necessarily change your life in the way that you think. I think some people go to Bible college thinking it's going to change their life, and all it does is it just gives them a headache and uh, more things to, to worry about. So, Lectio Divina. Now, why I recommend this so much is because for me, I've learned more from doing this kind of Bible study than any other that I've done in the past. And this, this is a very ancient form of studying the Bible. Because it's not an intellectual studying of the Bible. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship with the scriptures. And you get to speak with God and God gets to speak with you every time you open your Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but in your Bible readings, you might sometimes get those moments where maybe once every three weeks you get one of those like now words. Like, oh, something just jumped off the page. Well, when you do Lectio Divina, you can have it every single time you open your Bible. You don't have to wait for those random three weeks. You can have it every single moment of any day, any place, any time. Hallelujah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a practical example quickly in two minutes how to do Lectio Divina. So I'm just going to open my Bible and uh, find a random passage. Oh, that's a picture of an explosion. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to meditate on that one. Mushroom cloud explosion there. <laughs> Okay, here's one. So I'm just going to look at this as an example. So Psalm 15, verse 1, it says, O Lord, who shall dwell in your tent? So there's four keys to Lectio Divina. It's read, meditate, pray, contemplate. Okay, read, meditate, pray, contemplate. Right, we're going to go through this now. So I look at this psalm. Go, O Lord, who shall dwell in your tent and reside on your holy mountain? O Lord, who shall dwell in your tent and reside on your holy mountain? Now, what will happen is, don't read a lot, just read a bit. And then suddenly something will stick out. Like you can't get past it. And for me at this moment, it's the words, those words, in your tent. I'm getting stuck on that. So now I've read it. Now I move into a time of meditation. So it's like, okay, in your tent. Now, immediately as I start thinking that, things start dropping into my mind. It's the tent of meeting. It's the tabernacle of meeting. And Jesus said, I have tabernacled among you because he is God with us. And then now we are living temples of the almighty God. And now he tabernacles within me. And I am now the, the tent of meeting where Moses came and met the Lord. And now that Jesus is in me and I am a tent of meeting, I can go out and I can meet God and I can have chats with him and chat, talk to him any time of, of any moment of every day. Now, from that, I then move into a place of prayer. So I've read, I've meditated. Meditate just means to chew over, like chewing on the cud, just keep chewing over. And now we go into the place of prayer. Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did for me. Lord, I thank you that you've made me a temple of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you live within me, that, that I live and move and have my being through you. And I just delight in you and I give you praise and I give you glory and I praise your precious holy name. Now, as I'm saying these things, I'm aware now of the presence of God in the room because I've declared his goodness and I've prayed and praised him. So now I move from prayer to contemplation. And now I just sit there in the presence of God. 
and enjoy the silence, be still and know that I'm God. And then when the presence of God starts to wane, I start all over again and I come back to the scripture again. And if I can't get past the word tent again, then I'm not done. The Holy Spirit's not done. And we just keep going round and round and round. And I tell you what, after the end of like, I'd even 10 minutes, you, if you journal this stuff down, you'll have a notebook full of amazing things that God has taught you about the word tent. Amen. And that's how this works. And so it's powerful stuff. And what's great about that is that you get Bible knowledge. It goes straight from there, straight into there. Anything goes into there generally doesn't get down there. It goes straight into your heart, straight into your spirit man and into your intellect as well. So you get good Bible knowledge, but also it grow. It helps to grow and develop your intimacy with God because you're learning to hear the sound of God's spirit every day. And every time you open the Bible like that. And so then you'll find you could be walking down the street and then you start to hear that voice that you hear when you do Lectio Divina. Ah, God's speaking to me. So it, it develops a walk with God. Because it says in John 17, three eternal life is knowing God. And that is really the ultimate aim of Christians is to know God, amen? I don't know about you, you know, there's some great people out there that I would like to know, but the person I would, the one I really want to know is Jesus himself. No, you know, I don't care about anyone else. They're great and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, every, they've always said, you know, don't spend too much time with your heroes because they'll disappoint you. Amen. Because it's like they're just as human as the next person. But with God, if you could get to know God, what a great thing. What a great privilege. Hallelujah. And then I want to finish with this. No bounds here. Now, this is, this is a scripture from 1 Chronicles 25. Now, the book of Chronicles, is it in your Old or the New Testament? Old Testament, right? Okay, it's the Old Testament. This is from this is First Chronicles twenty-five verses one to three. Well, it's actually just verse uh, verse one, and it says, "David and the chiefs of the service." So this is talking about the worship set up within the tabernacle of David and also in the temple of Solomon. David and the chiefs of the service also set apart for the service the sons of Asaph and of Heman and of Jeduthun. Listen to this: who prophesied with lyres, with harps, and with cymbals. What? These guys in the Old Testament that aren't full of the Holy Ghost, they're prophesying on their instruments in the temple. So they must have had some pretty cool worship going on there. Okay, I remember once I was at this church and I was with these really talented musicians and they were all Christians. And uh, I, I was you know, in one of my moments and I turned around and said to the guys, hey, prophesy on your instruments and they just went uh, 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 uh. these are session musicians come on guys get a grip they're just like, I don't know what to do I don't know what to do it's because they've never known that you could even prophesy on your instrument have you ever heard anyone prophesy with an instrument I heard people do it with violins and all sorts of stuff you know I have a go at it sometimes on my guitar and probably best I just use my mouth instead but but it, it's powerful that you're hearing these melodies and these tunes that are doing something to you, things that you can't quite grasp, quite can't understand. I remember this funny moment once that someone prophesied to me on a shofar, but uh, I had my eyes shut and I didn't realise that they put the shofar right there and they just went, Ugh! and I was, I was in such shock, I burst out crying. I was, like, <gasps> I was like, what on earth is going on around here? Hallelujah, it was a great prophecy. I don't know what it was, but it woke me up. <laughs> so 
there's other things that you can do in your, in your prayer time. If you, if you like art or if you like sculpting or if you're creative or, or if you're a person that likes getting out and about, go out, do your prayer time, go for a walk and do it in the country or stuff so you can see and you can touch and you can feel. You know, don't lock yourself in a box if that's not going to work for you. You know, use painting, uh, use, I don't know, paper mache if that's what, what, what floats your boat. Do whatever it works, whatever, whatever you need to do to get those creative juices going so that you can really enjoy your time with God. Because the reality is, our God is a wonderful creative God and he wants to spend time with us and he wants it to be as much fun for you as it is for him. Amen? Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray from today, Lord God, that you will help us to explore more ways of being creative in our, in our walk with you, Lord God that we don't become dull and monochrome in our relationship with you, Lord, that you would encourage us, give us crazy ideas, Lord Jesus, that we can just learn to do some wonderful things that we've never done before in prayer and not feel guilty for it. And Lord, we thank you that you have put your Holy Spirit within us, that wonderful spirit that was there at the beginning of creation. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.